the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. I don't know why we can't have, you know, biological sex, scientific sex, male, female, gender identity. Why can't you just add that box? I mean, why do we have to? Why must we reject science? To embrace gender identity. Why does it have to be either or? Science says one thing. Gender identity, you can say another. Fine. But we must not go into a place to where we're rejecting science. Um, all right. We have been talking about Russia. Russia yesterday um, expelled 60 diplomats because we expelled 60 diplomats. Uh, and Ian Bremmer is a political scientist and, and he... Uh, wrote an article for Time magazine. Despite apparent bromance, Trump has been tough on Russia. And Ian is here to talk to us about uh, the what's currently going on with Russia and our stance and, and possibly what it might mean. Ian, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, hey Glenn. Good to be with you. Um, can you first of all, I think this is an, an interesting uh, uh, take from you because most that would write for Time magazine, I would say, uh, say that Donald Trump has been soft on uh, on Russia. And I think he started out that way, but he has taken he's done some really hard things that I don't think anybody's done really since the Cold War. I mean, certainly there are people out there that still believe the United States should be much harder in its response. And that was true under Obama. And that's true under Trump. I mean, this is a country that we know was involved in undermining the legitimacy of our electoral process. And we also know that they've been engaging in major cyber attacks yes. against all sorts of critical infrastructure. Yes. But there's no question um, that uh, steps that have been taken by the Trump administration, which Trump has personally approved, uh, both in terms of individual sanctions, uh, in terms of supporting arming uh, Ukraine, uh, something Obama did not want to do. Right. Um, and also, most recently, the closing of the Seattle consulate and uh, the removal of these 60 Russian uh, diplomats slash spies uh, are, frankly, those are some of the toughest steps that have been taken by the U.S., certainly since the Cold War. And Trump did not need to take them. If he if he wanted to maintain a bromance uh, with Putin, he clearly could have said no. These are uh, sub substantial. However, I, I mean, I'd, I'd hate to be the president of the United States today because I think Putin uh, is is a very good chess player and is somebody who says they're only going to go so far because nobody wants war with Russia. Uh, and I don't know what you should do. I mean, it is so clear that they are trying to dismantle us and the entire West from the inside. Uh, and they're playing, you know, not only um, uh, digital games, but they're playing mental games uh, with our with with the entire West. Uh, and and what do you do? How do you respond and not go to war? What is the appropriate response? Well, uh, so I, a couple of points here. One is that if you really want to hit Putin, I mean, we can't delegitimize his elections because they're not democratic right he's going to win no matter what so it's not quid pro quo but we could easily go after uh the oligarchs the people that are close to putin that have gotten their billions from putin's largesse who have big real estate holdings and all sorts of cash at play 
in the United States. If we wanted to squeeze them, they'd be very upset at the Kremlin. So that's one step you can take. You could also start leaking information uh, that would be embarrassing to Putin and his family um, and and the oligarchs around him in the same way that they leaked information through WikiLeaks um, about the Democratic National uh, Committee in the run-up to the elections, for example. I mean, there are steps you can take, but let's also recognize that one of the reasons that Russia is dangerous is not because Putin's so strong, but precisely because um, Russia is declining in its influence globally, and Putin's really unhappy about that, and it makes him more willing to lash out and more risk-acceptant in a way that the Chinese are, are, are expanding in their power. They feel resurgent. The time is on their side, and so they're much less willing um, to take a whack at the Americans. They, they want to play the long game. They don't want to trade war. And you see this. I mean, clearly, Russia's decision Putin's decision um, to go after this former spy in Salisbury in the UK um, probably means that the Europeans now double down on sanctions against Russia, hurting their economy, while many European governments had been pushing to actually take those sanctions off. So they shot themselves in the foot. You now have, because of Putin going after the U.S. elections, a tough line on Russia being just about the only thing Democrats and Republicans in Congress actually agree on and even in ukraine where trump really where putin really embarrassed obama by going into crimea taking it and refusing to back down and having his little green men in southeast ukraine fact is that we're now providing the ukrainians arms the russians are losing citizens and it's very embarrassing for them at home it's not popular um and most of ukraine the vast majority of their economy and their political system is oriented inexorably towards the west towards europe and the united states which had not been the case before the Russians actually invaded but Crimea, was much more split. In a strange way, doesn't uh, doesn't the isolation um, of Russia uh, play into what I fear is happening all over the globe, and much of it directed by Russia, into this nationalization, this this heritage movement? Doesn't that, in some ways, make him more strong? If they're alone and it's us against the world and and we are strong Russia. You're absolutely right, Glenn. And it does make him strong at home in the same way that Castro never wanted the removal of U.S. sanctions. Because, I mean, if we had been investing like crazy with all the tourists coming into Havana, his regime wouldn't have lasted very long. So absolutely Putin at home is strengthened by this kind of heritage movement, exactly as you say. But to be clear, there's no threat to Putin domestically anyway. I mean, whether he was going to win with 77% of the vote as he did, or 72% or 65%, I mean, real opposition in Russia is either locked up, exiled, or dead. Ian, can we talk about the oligarchs a little bit? Because that has been one of the, the kind of suggestions, as you kind of pointed out that we go after the people you know all the you know the oligarchs in Russia and all of their money that's spread out globally but there's an argument to say that that is a problem because what Putin wants is to bring all that money back into Russia and that was kind of what would be the result of that is that accurate indeed yeah it is in fact i've made that argument and it's a double edged sword um so the question is how much uh, do you want to get the benefit 
um, from taking on oligarchs who are clearly going to be personally less happy with the Kremlin. And, you know, might you get one or two of them to defect? Might you get good information that way, as opposed to the structural point, which is Putin's economy is deteriorating. Uh, oil prices are comparatively low. They don't really make anything. A lot of multinational companies are not lining up to invest in the Russian market the way they are China or other emerging markets. And so Putin has been trying uh, to get big oligarchs to bring cash back um, to Russia. Um, and that's also an argument in the UK where, you know, so many more of them are located and domiciled. And clearly that doesn't make Putin very happy. When uh, back in 99, um, I read uh, the manifesto from uh, Osama bin Laden and in it, he said, and I, I didn't understand it at the time. He said, what I did to what I did to the Soviet Union, I will do to America. And I thought, well, he didn't do that. You know, uh, you were part of it, but it was Ronald Reagan and Pope John Paul and Margaret Thatcher. And, uh, you know, we collapsed them economically. And um, and now I see that I feel the exact play is being made against the United States and the West. And Russia is playing a role in this. And I'm I'm I was so intrigued by now today. They just showed their their test, their test of the new Satan rocket, which I was strangely (laughs) titled. Um, But they you know, they talk about this hyper uh, uh, sonic weapon and it just strikes me as Star Wars and Ronald Reagan. Do you think that these are bluffs and trying to get us into an arms race? Or do you think this is real? It goes back to your earlier point uh, that if uh, Putin can show his own people that he is on par with the United States, that he is the big antagonist, he can get the Americans involved in a new Cold War and an arms race. That makes him look stronger. But, you know, as the world's only comprehensive superpower the united states the good news is that you know we do a lot more damage to ourselves than any other country could possibly do that's that's of course also the bad news and in that regard i mean i would argue that let's say john bolton is probably more of a threat to the united states a la what you just said from osama bin laden than vladimir putin is in other words someone that really believes the war in iraq still was a good idea despite all of the americans killed and ptsd and coming back and feeling like we shouldn't be the global sheriff anymore despite all of the money despite all of the bad will with allies as well as um, the instability in the region that came as a consequence of that failed war we now have someone that's about to be national security advisor that thinks that that's actually good policy and not just in Iraq, but in other places, too. Now, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out when we have Trump himself uh, int- intimating over the last 24 hours that the U.S. should pull out of Syria uh, precisely because, well, what's in it for us? We defeated ISIS, so why are we still there? It'll be very interesting to see how those two end up playing together. Even though we, the, the, we did not... Uh, no one in Congress and there was no will to stop this, you know, this uh, proxy war with with Yemen uh, and or in Yemen with uh, with Iran. Uh, you know, that's, you know, an undeclared war that uh, both Bernie Sanders and Mike Lee tried to stop. And, uh, you know, we're, we're still we seem to be expanding and not contracting. Yeah, I mean, certainly, and that was Obama and Trump. That policy has been quite consistent uh, over the course of the two administrations, uh, but not led by the United States, led by our allies, the Saudis and the Emiratis. And certainly, 
after Trump made his first trip uh, as president outside the United States, not to Canada, which would have been more traditional, but instead um, to Saudi Arabia and was very feted uh, by uh, the Saudi king and the crown prince. Uh, it was hard to imagine that the United States would then tell the Saudis, OK, we're going to cut the rug out and we're not mm-hmm. going to support you in this war. Now, I mean, I do think that there are good reasons to support this Saudi regime. I think that at home, um, Mohammed bin Salman is truly trying to engage in revolutionary transformation, which is. is way overdue in terms of their economy, yes. their culture and their religion. And if he can stop funding the Wahhabists both at home and abroad, that's going to take away some of the terrorist threats that we've had. But mm-hmm. internationally, um, he's been much more willing to take on risk, try to show his bona fides and also get the Americans sucked into conflicts that it's not at all clear are in our interest. Ian, um, we'd love to have you back when your book comes out. You're, you have a new book coming out called Us Versus Them, The Failure of Globalism. And from what little I know about it so far, uh, it sounds fascinating. And I think we could have a great conversation on it. So we'd love to have you back uh, for then. Uh, but thank I'd you. Love to, Glenn. Just thank- a few weeks. Thanks for talking to you. Thank you very much. Ian Bremer, po- political scientist uh, uh, and author of Us Versus Them, which is coming out. Yeah, it comes out April 24th. Uh, Glenn, he's at ianbremer.com or uh, at ianbremer on Twitter. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network.